Good morning, church. Hey, thank you for joining us wherever you are and whomever you are with. This is our last Sunday, which means two things. One, next Sunday is our first Sunday, which means we will be gathering all together here at the Life Church building for a time of worship, the word, and simply being all together. 10:15, it's all going down. Be sure to be here. Two, this morning as we open the scriptures together, we are going to make a little more space to hear from God through conversation with each other. I'm excited. Are you ready? Let's get into it. Instead of giving you a fully crafted message, I am going to invite you to read the scriptures right there in your community group and invite God to reveal himself in a new way to you. I am going to offer a few additional passages to look at, a few thoughts, and a few questions, all for the purpose of inviting you to sit with and search out what God is speaking to your group and even more personally to you. Would you do me a favor and right where you're at, let's pray. Take a moment to prepare your heart. Pray that you would be fully available to him because I am totally convinced, church, that Jesus has something so beautiful for you this morning. Father, we thank you. Oh, we thank you um, that you are not just in one building, but that you are in homes this morning. You're in coffee shops. You are anywhere that we go. Your presence goes with us. Anywhere where two or three are gathered in your name, you are there with us. And Father, we just invite you to speak to us through your scriptures this morning. We open our hearts. We just say that we're open and available. No compartment in our heart is closed off to you this morning. Do what you want to do. Change us. Make us more like you. Transform us. We are so open to you, God. We love you. In Jesus' awesome, crazy, amazing name. Amen. So this morning, we will be taking another step in our RSVP series, looking at God's invitation to us, sorry, to know his love. And as we do, love like him. That's the goal. As we encounter his love, we get to be people that look like him in how we love Just like we've done the last two weeks, when we finish up here, I want you to start in your groups by reading our Hallmark passage, 1 Corinthians 13. Today, we are going to be zeroing in on the first part of verse 4. Here, Paul begins his list of what love is and what love isn't. Just like Pastor Christoph spoke to last week, this love that Paul goes on to describe here is agape love. It is the love that we see in God. And as we do, we are able to love others as he does. So here we begin, just begin, answering the question, what is agape love? That first part of verse four reads, love is patient and kind. That's what it says in the ESV. In the NIV, Paul words it like this, love is patient, love is kind, not too different. In the New King James, love suffers long and is kind. And in the message, I love how Eugene Peterson words it, love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. All right, so let's go one step further and let me give you a few thoughts as you dig a little deeper this morning. Love is patient. This word patient, it means long suffering, to be of a long spirit, to not lose heart. This word patient, it means it makes the mind firm. 
not flimsy, not flippant. It's firmly decided. It would rather wait and wish for the reformation of a brother than fly out in resentment of his conduct. Whew. It will put up with many slights and neglects from the person it loves and wait long to see the kindly effects of such patience on him. This word patience in the Greek is not talking about patience with circumstances. It's entirely talking about patience with people. To give you a picture of what this looks like for God, I did a quick word study to see where else in the scriptures we find this word. You can totally do this on your own at any time to deepen your understanding and broaden your perspective on what is being said. In 2 Peter 3.9, Peter writes, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering, or in other translations, but is patient, here's our word, toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You see, God is patient. His invitation to not lose heart with people must begin with the truth that he will never lose heart with you. His mind is made firm about you. It's not flimsy or flippant or he changes his mind day to day depending on how you're doing. His mind is firm. He would rather wait and wish for your reformation than fly out of your life in resentment of your conduct. That's what we mean when we say God is patient with us. There's a, a beautiful story in Matthew 18, 21 through 35. If you want to, you can dig in there with your group this morning. It's, it's awesome. It's a powerful story that just shows us the, the impact of, of God's patience with us that then invites us and even commands us to be patient with the world around us. And if we don't, if, if we choose not to be patient with those around us, we actually imprison ourselves because patience isn't really just about us. It's, it's, it's not really just even about other people. It's about ourselves. It's about us living in the way of Jesus, us living in his love, connected, aware of his love, and then able to give his love to those around us. So I encourage you, Matthew 18, 21 through 35, if you want to dig in and look, it's, it's that same word, patience, um, and it's a beautiful word picture that just addresses that so perfectly. But we're going to move on. Love is kind, our next descriptor this morning. This word kind, it begins with caring, being tender-hearted and compassionate. The Greek word for kind is krestos, meaning useful. This means that kindness always involves action. It's not flimsy. You know, I, I think kind has become, right, like such a, a trendy word it feels like right now. And it kind of sounds a little bit like nice or weak or passive. And, and, but actually, no, kind is, kind is, kind is, oh, you're going to, we're going to learn this morning together. Like kind is a strong word. I have a banner in my house and sometimes I laugh when I see it because it's like kindness, it says kindness is magic. And it just sounds so like, oh, sweet, fun. Oh, kindness is so much more than just that sweet, fun, kind of flippant word. Kindness involves action. It is well-fitted. I love this. The law of kindness is in her lips. Her heart is large and her hand open. Kindness is ready to show favors and to do good. 
Kindness seeks to be useful and not only seizes on opportunities of doing good, but searches for them. Whew. Fit for use, useful, virtuous, good, manageable, pleasant. It's the opposite to harsh and sharp and bitter. To show oneself useful. That is this word, kind. I am reminded of something Brené Brown said years ago. She said, clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Why? Because unclear is not useful. It's not helpful. It's not good. In Luke 6, 35, Jesus says, but love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. Because, because listen to this, church. He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. You see, here Jesus reminds us that this agape love kindness is not something given when deserved. God is kind. He shows up as useful. He searches for opportunities to do good to the ungrateful and the wicked. In the New Testament, easy and good are in fact sometimes the same word as kind. In Matthew eleven thirty, Jesus says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here that word easy can also be translated as kind. Jesus's yoke, his mantle, his way of doing life is kind. It's useful. It's out to do good. And in Romans 2, 4, Paul writes, do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness? forbearance, and patience, not realizing that God's kindness is intended to lead you, to lead us to repentance. Kindness is useful. It causes change. It's fascinating to me that God chooses to use kindness to move people to change. I would think a lot of other things could get the job done way quicker than kindness, but perhaps that would not be the way of love because love is kind. Love is patient. One thought that I want to leave with you this morning, church, before you dive into conversation and and opening up the scriptures right there in your group. The way to loving like God is knowing God's love personally. If you want to be more patient with others' shortcomings, I encourage you Man, I ask you, how convinced are you that God is patient with you? Do you know that God is ready to show favors and to do good? He is, yes, compassionate and tenderhearted, and his love is also useful and well-fitted, searching for places to do good. That is our God. And we know his, as we know his kindness more intimately, we will be able to show up kindly in the places he has invited us to. I am reminded of something I heard once. One who has been touched by grace will no longer look on those who stray as those evil people or those poor people who need our help. Nor must we search for signs of love worthiness. Grace teaches us that God loves because of who God is, not because of who we are. So I invite you to take all this and go ahead, open your Bible. Let's let's lean into the practice of reading scripture together as a group this morning.
Open your heart and let God reveal his patience and his kindness to you. This is where loving like him begins every single time. Let me leave you all with a benediction. May we be those who deeply and personally know God as patient and kind. May we not reduce the invitation to love like God to a behavior we can slap on or an activity we can simply work harder at. But instead, let us come to rest in the love the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit have for us. And as we do, may we be a people who loves those close and far with a love that is always patient and always kind.